take your Bible and uh, turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. I uh, started a series of messages last, uh, last week, uh, Characteristics of the Christ-Centered Church. And uh, I thought I was going to preach that this morning, but uh, real early uh, this morning as I was uh, waking, the Holy Spirit just uh, laid this on my heart, and I believe God has something special in store for us this morning by His Spirit. I don't know what what that is, but I just I just know I need to preach about Jesus this morning. <laughs> Colossians chapter. One, starting with uh, oh, about verse fourteen. Uh, the notes on the overhead, Brother Scotty put them together really quick. I wasn't able to to do that this morning because of the shortness of the time. But you know, I've decided that the Holy Spirit. Uh, Trump's overheads, <laughs> that his anointing is able to communicate what needs to be said. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 1. Everybody say, I'm going to be taught the Word of God this morning. Everybody say it this morning. I'm going to hear what God says. Hey, I'm going to be changed because of it. Amen. Amen. If you believe that, God's going to do that in your life today. Colossians chapter 1, verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Can I just stop there? And I don't want to ride a hobby horse and I don't want to get on a soapbox this morning. But listen, friend, there are a lot of people who want to rationalize everything that's said in scripture and you're going to discover this about me uh, you can call me old-fashioned you can call me old-timey you can call me whatever you want to but uh, I'm a Bible preacher and God's Word is the only textbook for the church and I don't mess with it I don't rationalize it. I don't try to make it fit into today's culture. I'm going to have to fit into it. Come on now. God's called us out of darkness in the light. Out of the world into the kingdom of God's dear son. And, and notice what it says. In whom we have redemption. Redemption means the price that has been paid to free us from the slave market. The, the Greek word is agarazo. Ek agarazo and lutreo. Those are the three words for redemption. And it means to pay a price, to buy someone out of the slave market, and then set them free. In whom we have redemption, which is salvation, through his blood. Not church membership. Not through coming up and shaking a preacher's hand. Not through signing a card and putting your name on a church roll. 
You get saved, you get redeemed because you believe that what Jesus did on the cross where he shed his blood for your sins and for the sins of the whole world, you believe that, God counts it for righteousness in your behalf and he redeems you. The only way to be saved is through the blood of Jesus. Only way to be saved. You can't confess to a father. You can't go to a preacher. You can't counsel enough. You can't study enough. You can't learn enough. Forgiveness of sin is only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Who is the image of the invisible God. If you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. I'm not talking about the pictures or caricatures that you see of him hanging on walls or that people have painted of his face or of his body. I'm talking about learn him in the Word of God. See his attributes, see his kindness, see his mercy, see his love, see his wisdom. That's who God is. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. The firstborn of every creature. Now you who want to hold to the Jehovah's Witness platform and believe that Jesus was created because of verse 15, the word firstborn, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but the word firstborn doesn't really have anything to do with his birth or his creation. It has to do with the preeminence that God the Father gives to his only begotten Son. Verse 16, for by him, by Jesus, were all things created that are in heaven. How in the world could he be created if he created all things? The creator created the creation. Jesus was not created. He always was, always is, and always will be. (laughs) Well, you're just not as excited this morning as I am. Amen. God help them catch fire before this is over with. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Everybody say, wow. Say it backwards. Ha! Say it upside down. Mom. (laughs) And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. In other words, Jesus Christ, the visible image of the invisible God, the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelt in him when he was on the earth. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile, reconcile is a fancy word that simply means to bring into balance or to make equal. By him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. Father, just touch every one of us by the Holy Spirit this morning.
And help us to come to a beautiful, new, wonderful, fresh revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Lord, shine your light so big on your son this morning and help us to see him in all of his glory. We give you praise in his name. Amen. Colossians 1.15. Here's my three points this morning. Jesus reveals the Father. Colossians 1.16. Jesus rules the future. Colossians 1.18-21. Jesus reconciles the fallen. He reveals the Father, He rules the future, and He reconciles the fallen. Some time ago, I watched a program hosted by Peter Jennings. Many of you remember Peter Jennings. He was a host of uh, ABC's Nightly News. The program that he hosted was called The Search for Jesus. As a matter of fact, I watched it for a while, and then, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I just can't take it. And I'd have to get up and turn it off. Especially when people are so messed up. Especially when their perspective is... And I don't have a problem with giving room for everyone's perspective. But I'm telling you, when things are historically wrong, and when things are morally wrong, and when things are socially wrong, it's time for me to quit. I got up, I turned it off, and I walked out of the room. In search of Jesus, they were saying. I had just as soon watch a group of men with a bag over their head in a cave with a jar full of lightning bugs trying to find the noonday sun as to watch people talk about their search for Jesus when they're not even looking in the right place. The reason they never came... to any definitive conclusion as to who Jesus was or finding Him was because they were looking in the wrong places. Jesus is to be found. Matter of fact, He tells us that He will not keep Himself away from anybody that seeks Him with all of their heart. If you want the authentic real and genuine, the very Son of God, if you want a relationship with Him, the Bible says when you seek Him with all of your heart, you will find Him. Brian Gumbel was interviewing Larry King on CNN. Brian Gumbel asked Larry King this question. If you could ask God only one question, Larry, what would it be? Larry King said, I would ask if he had a son. What a great question. And I want to say to Larry King, yes, God has a son. And his name is Jesus. John Blanchard, a statistician, has estimated that of all of the people who have ever lived since the dawn of civilization and mankind, there have been about 60 billion people that have traversed planet Earth. Of these 60 billion people who have walked the planet, only a handful have ever made any real, lasting, ultimate impression and have actually changed the world. 
in that handful of people, there is one who stands head and shoulders above all the others, and I want you to shout his name with me this morning. It's not Muhammad, it's not Buddha, it's not Hare Krishna, it's not communism, it's not socialism. That name is Jesus! More attention has been given to Him. More devotion has been given to Him. More criticism has been given to Him. More adoration has been given to Him. More opposition has been given to this one person than all of the others combined. Every recorded word that he ever said has been sifted, analyzed, scrutinized, debated. Every word. More words than all of the historians and the philosophers and the scientists have ever put together. His words have been scrutinized more than any others. And yet after 2,000 years, after two millennia, There is never one minute on this earth that millions are not studying what he said. There are not millions who would lay down their life at this very moment for him. Here's a person who lived in a minuscule, tiny little land called Israel 2,000 years ago. And yet his birth divides the centuries. A.D. and B.C., before Christ and Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. He never wrote a book that we know of, and yet library after library could be filled with the volumes, the multiplied millions of pages that have been written about the Lord Jesus Christ. He never painted a picture, so far as we know, and yet the world's greatest art, the world's greatest dramas, and the world's greatest music, the world's greatest literature has Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, as its source. Jesus never raised an army, as far as we know, yet multiplied millions have died for him. He never traveled very far from his birthplace, and yet his testimony has gone around and around and around the world. He only had a handful of little followers that followed him there in his ministry in Israel, and yet today, over 30% of the world's population names the name of Jesus as their Savior and Lord. A ministry of only three short years, that public ministry, and yet here we are 2,000 years later, and Jesus His name is wonderful because His name is wonderful. He's the Savior, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. And those who trust in Him will never be ashamed. He had no formal education. He didn't attend the university or the local seminary. And yet thousands of universities and seminaries, colleges and schools are built in the name of Jesus Christ. And in my estimation, But I believe a correct opinion. No one can call himself, herself educated unless they understand the person of Jesus Christ. The great historian Kenneth Scott Lauderette said this, and would you pay attention to his quote this morning? Jesus has had more effect on the history of mankind than any other of his race who ever existed. 
That's not a Baptist preacher speaking that. That is a great secular world historian. To explain Jesus Christ is impossible. To ignore Jesus Christ is disastrous. To reject Him is absolutely fatal. We must understand who Jesus is. To know Him is to love Him. To love Him is to trust Him. To trust Him is to be radically, dramatically, and eternally changed and transformed. I'm talking about coming to a place where you have allowed the Son of God to come into your life. Human speech is so limited to describe Him. The human mind, too small to comprehend Him. And the human heart can never really completely, totally absorb who Jesus Christ is. The Lord Himself said in Revelation chapter 1, I am the Alpha and the Omega. If you understand the Greek language, that's the first letter of their alphabet to the last letter of their alphabet. The A to the Z. He is altogether lovely. He is our advocate. He's the budding rod of Aaron and the beauty of Jehovah. He's Christ, our conquering, compassionate Savior. He's the doctor of the soul and the day star that rises in the morning. He's the everlasting Father, the fire sender, the first and the last. He's the giant killer. He's the highest of the high and the hedge of the righteous. He's the illuminator and the just judge. He's the King of kings and the kindness of God. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Lord of lords and He's the leper cleansing man of Galilee. He's the mighty God. He's the magnificent Savior. He's the never-ending story. He's newness of life. He's the only way to God. He's the offspring of David. He's the Prince of Peace and the Peace Speaker. He's our provider. He's the quality and quantity of life. He's the resurrection. He's the Rose of Sharon. He's the River of Life. He's our Savior. He's our salvation. He's the sweet singer of Israel. He's the treasure of God, the thunder of heaven, the understanding, the ultimate love, the vanquisher of sin. He's our victory. He's the way, the wind, and the water of life. He's our yesterday, our today, and tomorrow. He's the zeal of Jehovah. I'm telling you, I know Him this morning as Jesus Christ, the Son of God, my Savior, the lover of my soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Alpha and the Omega. He's to be found in the Word of God. He is the Word of God. John said in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Logos was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And with my God, I'm about to preach myself happy. (laughs) All things were made by Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life and the life was the light of men. I'm telling you if you want to find Him this morning, look in the book of Genesis. He's the Creator and the seed of the woman. In Exodus, He's the Deliverer. In Leviticus, He's the High Priest. In Numbers, He's the rock smitten that came forth water. He's the in Deuteronomy, the Lawgiver. He's the Captain of the Host in Joshua. He's the Ox Gold of Shamgar in Judges. In Ruth, He's our Goel, the Kinsman Redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, He's a faithful prophet. In First and Second Kings, He's the Iron that swam in the widow's meal barrel. In First and Second Chronicles, He's the Ark of God in the Temple of God. 
God. In Ezra, he's the faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken down walls. In Esther, he's our intercessor. In Job, he's the Lord over all creation. In Psalms, he's the sweet shepherd of Israel. In Proverbs, he's the wisdom of God. In Ecclesiastes, he's the preacher. In Song of Solomon, he's the lover of my soul. In Isaiah, he's the Lord high and lifted up. Uh, and I beheld his glory and his train filled the temple. In Jeremiah, he's the weeping prophet. In Lamentations, he's the faithful God. In Ezekiel, he's a wheel within a wheel. In Daniel, he's the rock hewn out of the mountain. In Hosea, he's the faithful husband. In Joel, he's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In Amos, he's the burden bearer and the plumb line of sanctification. In Obadiah, he's deliverance. In Jonah, he's the God of a second chance. In Micah, he's the judgment of sin. In Nahum, he's the comforter of saints. In Habakkuk, he's the watchtower of salvation. In Zephaniah, he's the glory of Israel. In Haggai, he's the doom of sinners. In Zechariah, he's the two witnesses. In Malachi, he's the tithe and the refiner's fire. Turn the page. In Matthew, he's the king of the Jews. In Mark, he's the servant of God. In Luke, he's the son of man. In John, he's the son of God. In Acts, he's the Holy Ghost. In Romans, he's justification by faith. In 1 Corinthians, he's the wisdom and power of God. In 2 Corinthians, he's our reconciliation. In Galatians, he's our liberty. In Ephesians, he's the old armor of God. In in Philippians, he's our joy. In Colossians, he's the visible image of the invisible God. In 1 Thessalonians, he's the rapture. In 2 Thessalonians, he's the second coming. In 1 Timothy, he's the bishop of the soul. In 2 Timothy, he's a faithful soldier. In Titus, he's the salvation of God through mercy. In Philemon, he's the forgiving master. In Hebrews, he's the blood of redemption. In James, he's the oil of healing. In 1 Peter, he's the living hope. In 2 Peter, he's the great shepherd. In 1, 2, and 3 John, he's love. In Jude, he's the Lord coming with 10,000 of his saints. And in Revelation, he's the true and faithful uh, word of God. He has a vesture that he's wearing dipped in blood. He's the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And he's coming again to rule a thousand years over this planet. Somebody get up and give Jesus praise in the house of God. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's our Savior this morning. He's our Savior. Hallelujah. 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 You can be seated. Jesus, <laughs> He's like Coke. He's the real thing. <laughs> he's like Pan Am. He makes the going great. He's like General Electric. He lights your path. He's like Bear Aspirin. He works wonders. He's like Hallmark Cards. He cares only to give the very best. He's like Tide. He gets the stains out that others have left behind. He's like VO5 hairspray. He holds through all kinds of weather. He's like Dial Soap. Aren't you glad you know him? Don't you wish everybody did? <laughs> He's like Sears. He has everything. He's like Alka-Seltzer, Trime. You'll like him. He's like Scotch Tape. You can't see him, but you know he's there. He's like Ford. He's got a better idea. He's like Chevy Trucks. He's like a rock. He's like Burger King. Special orders. Don't upset us. He's like the Energizer battery rabbit. He just keeps on going and going 
and going. He's like Timex watches. He takes a licking and keeps on ticking. He's like American Express. You never leave home without him. Hallelujah. He's like AT&T. He reaches out to touch someone. He's like Toyota. We love what you do for me. In Milky, he's like Milky Way. He makes life just a little bit sweeter. He's like crazy glue. He'll stick with you. He's like Band-Aid. He keeps germs away. To the doctor, he's the great physician. To the architect, he's the creator. To the lawyer, he's the just judge. To the farmer, he's the incorruptible seed. To the king, he's the Lord of lords and the king of all kings. To the poor, he's prosperity. To the baker, he's the bread of life. To the sailor, he's the ark of salvation. To the scientist, he's the missing link. To the writer, he's life's greatest novel. To the weary, he's the haven of rest. To the soldier, he's the captain of salvation. To the athlete, he's the winner's crown. To the baseball player, he's a home run. <laughs> to the football player, he's a touchdown in the Super Bowl. To the sick, he's a miracle cure. To the banker, he's life's greatest investment. To the blind, he's sight. To the lame, he's the ability to walk. To the sculptor, he's a work of art. To the diplomat, he's a peacemaker. To the mathematician, he's the answer to every problem in life. The astronomer, he's the bright and morning star. To the gardener, he's the beautiful rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. And to me, he's the lover of my soul and the savior of my life. And I, like Pilate so long ago, cry out, I find no fault in him. Can you give him a hand clap this morning? Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet or fitting to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. That's what Jesus has done. He's made us partakers of the divine nature, and He's given us a part of the inheritance, the kingdom of His wonderful Son. I'm glad I'm saved this morning. I don't know about you. I'm glad my last name's Glover. I come from a group of wonderful people. I'm glad I married Phyllis. I thank God for my two children, my four grandchildren. There's nothing like a wonderful family. There's nothing like being a part of a wonderful group of people. I've been a part of the Assemblies of God. I've been a card-carrying preacher now for 45 years since I was an 18-year-old kid. I've been preaching the Gospel since I was 14. Don't you know <laughs> wisdom flowed from that pulpit? But the greatest association I have in all my life is to be a saved man. It's to be a child of God. Is to be blood washed and redeemed and reconciled to God. 
is to be an adopted child in the family of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And one day when I step over that other shore, and my feet land on those golden streets, and I pass through that gate of pearl, and I walk up to Jesus, the one who redeemed me. I'm going to hear him say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord created for you from the, joy, from the beginning of the world. I am here to tell you this morning, of all the things that I am, of all the things that I have, of all the things I've ever done, I'm so glad that I'm a child of God. Hallelujah! And my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus reveals the Father. Verse 15 tells us He's the image of the invisible God. Now God is a spirit. We know that John 4 verse 24. Jesus said that. Invisible, unfathomable, unapproachable. How in the world are we going to know God if God is a spirit? You see, God is so wonderful. He's made provisions for all of those questions. Jesus is the way to God. Come on. Oprah says there's a lot of ways to God. Y'all believe that? Y'all shout it out. Is Oprah right about it? No! There's only one way to God. Call me narrow-minded. <laughs> Call me whatever, bigoted if you want to, but I don't think it's bigoted. I believe one and one is two, and I'll never change that. Does that make me a bigot? It makes me a good mathematician. That's what that makes me. And I believe what Jesus Christ said, God's only Son. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. Somebody said, Mike Glover, you're narrow-minded. Well, you could be so broad-minded that your mind gets thin in the middle. And you can certainly be so open-minded that your brain falls out. I tell you what, I've decided I want my doctor to be narrow-minded. I don't want him to say, well, you're sick. Let's try ten bottles of different kinds of medicines. That's open-minded. And that's stupidity. I want him to be narrow-minded. And I want him to be pinpointed. And I want him to say, Mike Glover, you're sick. You have this virus. And here's this antibiotic that will take care of it. Now some of us... There are people in the world who, who want preachers, however, to be open-minded. We want everybody to be included. I'm just telling you, Jesus never was that way. He revealed to us the only way to be saved, and that was through Him and His offering on the cross. And I'm telling you this morning, it's still the only way to be saved. There's an old song. I remember Phyllis's Aunt Mamie. She was about four foot wide and four foot tall. And, and uh, boy, she was a song leader and a half. 
And, and she would sing and lead the songs down there in that little old Church of God congregation in Epps, Louisiana. Some of you may know where Epps is. If you blink when you go through it, you've missed it. And, and Aunt Mamie would lead the worship. And, and here's one of the old songs. That says, there is just one way to the pearly gate, to the streets of life. And the way called straight, tis the old crossroad, or the way called straight. There is just one way to the pearly gate. You see, now, we, we used to sing songs like that in church, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not against anything that we do now, okay? I, I, I like prog progress. But, but that song is so full of truth, number one, there's just one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. And you see, that's full of theology. That's full of what the Word of God says. And I, and I think somehow or another we need to get back to where, and I, and I appreciate the songwriters of this generation because they're beginning to realize, instead of just being flippant about feelings and and that sort of thing, they're beginning to put some theology back in the songs. And, and I so appreciate that wonderful, wonderful dynamic. But I'm here to tell you this morning, friend, I want to be a narrow-minded preacher in the sense that there is but one way to God. The only remedy for your sin. I, I'm not going to give you five or six options to get rid of your sin. There's only one option to get rid of your sin. And that makes it so simple, and it makes it so easy. And if you'll take the cure, God will heal your sickness. If you'll receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you'll claim what He did on the cross in your stead, God will forgive you of your sins, and He'll make you His child, and He'll write your name down in His book. And you'll have eternal life. Jerry Vines, a great Baptist preacher, pastors in Jacksonville, Florida, Imagines Jesus Christ going into the temple, and I'm closing. This is a big old plane, and I know it's a long runway, but I'm going gonna, gonna to bring it down fast this morning. So hold on. Jerry Vine's one of my favorite preachers, a great Baptist preacher. Said he imagined Jesus going into the temple and having a conversation with the elders of the law. You remember he was but a 12-year-old child. One of the learned doctors strokes his beard and says, Son, how old are you? Dr. Vine said, Jesus answered like this, On my mother's side, I'm 12 years old. But on my father's side, I'm the ancient of days. You see, he was both God and man. Now on his mother's side, he got thirsty. And on his father's side, he said, I'm the water of life. On his mother's side, he got hungry. But on his father's side, he took a little boy's sack lunch and fed 5,000 men beside the women and children. On his mother's side, he was homeless and he didn't have a place to lay his head. But on his father's side, he owned the cattle of a thousand hills, and all the gold and silver was his. On his mother's side, he wept at the grave of Lazarus. But on his father's side, he cried boldly at that tomb, Lazarus, come forth. 
He was God in human flesh. He was the image of the invisible God. I don't know about you this morning, but I want to revere Jesus all the days of my life. He's not just another name. I I want us to get to the place, I suppose, as Christians that we honor, revere, hold in high esteem, that it's never a swear word, that it's not just something we use flippantly, it's not something we can just have as a byword. I want us to get to the place that Jesus, the name of Jesus, the person of Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus are all hallowed and holy to us. It's so very precious. Because Jesus reveals the Father to us. He rules the future that is ahead of us. And He reconciles the fallen. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word this morning. God, there's so much here this morning, but I just have a feeling that somebody needs to know Jesus. Somebody just really needs to make peace with God through Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, You made peace with God. Your blood did that for all humanity. And Lord, what You're asking us to do is to enter into that peace. I can't make peace, but You did. I can enter into that peace. And I ask you this morning, Lord, that you would speak to every heart and every life. Help us, oh God, to know you. Lord, we can leave here and look forward to lunch and being with family or friends or doing the activities of the evening. But Lord, if we do it without you in our hearts, if we miss this most wonderful, wonderful truth, Jesus is the only way to God then we've missed everything you make life worth living